Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show, which is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, where you can get 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Back where I should be. You can get all our podcasts ad-free and early access to the match ball, daily email, full digital sub and merch discounts that are live if you get an annual sub. On TSB Plus, our new subscription package. If you want to get involved in that, the squareball.net forward slash plus. Nice to be back. And Moscow, thank you for stepping in and doing a very good job last week. It was much appreciated. Take it you didn't like the job Rob did, just me. All I did was move around the table. Rob stepped in. Well, yeah, but you, you did the, the hard bit. I mean, this is obviously the, the glory position doing the hosting. So I thought you did an admirable job. So thank you. I enjoyed very much. What the listener doesn't get to hear is the bits in between where you were just Chatting, saying, oh, Dan will fucking sort that out. That's a mess or whatever. I actually thought you were going to say you did an acceptable job, is what I thought you were going to go for. But um, yes, it was it was fine, wasn't it? I don't want, want to damn him with faint praise. But And what was your excuse? Uh, my excuse, well, you know my excuse, but um, I did debate whether or not to talk about this on the podcast because it is kind of a private thing. But I've decided, because I want to say thank you to a few people and also just raise a bit of awareness about something, is that my child fell ill, as you know. And thank you to Michael as well, who did a brilliant job in taking me. He drove up from Pontefract at the drop of a hat over to Bradford, well out of his way to drop me at the hospital um, when we had an issue, and uh, it was much appreciated. So thank you for that. It's all right. Ooh, I've got a car. Well, uh, <laughs> I would have done it, but I have got a car. And well, I was just going to come on to you and say thank you, Moscow, for just hurling the usual abuse my way and reminding me that things were all normal. Yes, my, my son, um, nine years old, was taken into hospital on Friday the 13th of November and after a fairly torrid weekend in which we were sort of facing potentially a, a cancer diagnosis, it turns out he's got um, he's got an abscess on his liver and he's currently in the Leeds Children's Hospital and he's well on the mend on his antibiotics. So thank you to everybody who's done stuff as well. And thanks to the club who sent a Get Well Soon card as well and thanks to Ash who, who had that arranged. So that arrived and I think hopefully this will be the final thing that gets him to be a Leeds fan and not, not a Spurs fan because he's got a get well soon card from uh, from the club. I heard Harry Kane's going to make a personal appearance just to try and <laughs> seal it the other way. Didn't you say you had a, he, uh, he had his surgery done in his Tottenham tracky bottoms? That was, a, that was a deliberate choice on my part, though, because I didn't want them cutting into a Leeds fan. It was going to be a Spurs fan who was going to go uh, going to go under the knife. But yeah, uh, he's, he's all right. He's on the mend. And I was just going to say thanks to everybody at the Leeds Children's Hospital, which is an amazing, an amazing place. And you'll be aware that we um, we did a fundraiser with the sh- the shirt, the charity auction that we did that raised like over 30 grand. And we bought a load of furniture for two of the wards in the Leeds Children's Hospital. And it's actually, if there's one good thing to have come out of this, it's that I've spent some time and I, I lived in for five days because of COVID, which was a hell of an experience, is to see where the money goes and see what the charity Leeds Cares does. Like, for example, in, in the 
the kids' wards, they've got like play teams that go around and look after the kids and they're all paid for by contributions through Leeds Cares and the charity funded and stuff. So if you want to bong a fiver towards a charity or something like that coming up for Christmas, have a look at Leeds Cares because, if you know, funding the Leeds Children's Hospital is something I'm going to actively look to do in 2021 because they've done an absolutely amazing job. So thank you to all them and uh, fingers crossed we can do something good for them in the next 12 months. I'm glad you're signed up for our next Daft Walk, which you've previously ducked, it's worth saying. I'm the only one. It's essentially only been me looking after those kids until now, but it's good that you're getting involved at last. <laughs> Moscow, you've still not bothered about them? I put money in. I, I call you an idiot and give you money and leave it at that. I think that's a fair deal. That's If everyone did that, that would be fine, actually. So yes, we're going to have to get him off the whiskey as well now. Now uh, he's got a liver abscess, so uh, it'll just be uh, back to the fruit shoots for little Sam going forward, unfortunately for him. Right, let's get into the football side of things and nil-nil against Arsenal, but no George Graham in evidence in this one. It was quite fine, wasn't it? We should have won about 3-0. I feel like we were, as on reflection, we were as good in this as we've probably been in any of our games, including the one we did win 3-0. It's just that it didn't go in. The post was in the way. But goals are the wrong size. Their goalkeeper was a bit too good at points and we were unlucky. It wasn't even one way you could say there was anything wrong with anything we did. We used to come away from games in the championship, you know, spitting feathers about Bamford missing this or click putting that one over the bar. And there was one I remember distinctly when the ball bounced to the, the edge of the penalty area and Alioski started running towards it. And even before he kicked it, I said, Oh, not you. Yeah, we did. We, we both watched it and remarked, oh, for God's sake, it's, oh, yeah, there we go. But apart from that one, I think everything was just like, there was nothing outrageous. It was just bad luck. I think in the, when I ended up writing about it on the square ball, I said, what could they have done better in attack? Everything, but just a tiny bit. Yeah, so we, we kind of got to the 98% levels, but didn't quite just, we needed that final 2% in just about every chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you. At the other end of the pitch, uh, one of the questions I guess we could pose is, were we a bit too harsh on Cooper and Cock? Um, I'm not sure that we were, were we, on the match ball? We kind of we just said, were they just a tiny bit subpar? And I was thinking pr- um, predominantly of Cock's distribution rather than anything else. But Cooper did get caught out a couple of times. Uh, were we fair? Were we harsh? I felt a bit bad about it on reflection because they were playing against Aubameyang, who is one of the world's best strikers and has been for a very long time. And Liam Cooper, not too long ago, was playing against, like, Lewis Graben was about as good a striker as you got in the championship, and he's better than that. So it's learning, isn't it, for him? And I think he will improve. It was one of Bielsa's points last week when he did his long lecture breaking down all the different kinds of goals we conceded and why, when he just said, well, you know, one of the reasons we've conceded goals is that the Premier League has 40 of the best forwards in the world playing in it, and some of them are going to score goals. Basically, I watched the first half back and did wonder why anybody had a problem with them Cooper Cock or Ailing either. I kind of watched it with that in mind because there was a lot of um, online kind of criticism of Ailing as well, saying that he he didn't play very well. And it was all actually pretty much fine. All Arsenal had in the first half was that one that kind of went off the bar from across, so they didn't even mean it. And then there was the other one where we gave the ball away and they had the chance behind. Um, Alioski was you know in attack mode and Jackie was up front, and so they had some space and that just went wide. I think the where Cooper and Cock maybe got shown up a little bit was the second half, which I haven't watched back yet, when it's counter-attacks. And so we basically just camped in their half for 45 minutes, but the risk was Aubameyang and Saka breaking with speed, which we know Liam Cooper is not really... He never looks good when people are running at him or past him. 
or beyond him. And that was the problem a few times. But that's where we have Melier to sort it all out. And he did his job perfectly, brilliantly, did Melier when he was called upon. So even when we did get caught out, and you can't go through a game without getting caught out at least once or twice. Against Aubameyang. Yeah, particularly when, like you say, we, you know, we know that Bielsa's plan is four in defence, six in attack. You could even make an argument for almost seven in attack when you're I facing... it was ten in attack in the second half. There was nobody in our half. Yeah, Aubameyang and the rest. I mean, that clown who was sent off Pepe. I mean, we've got some some prices here of of the cost of Arsenal's team and there's a lot of money. It's 200 million's worth of talent that's been listed there, plus the rest that we haven't listed. I didn't realise when Pepe got sent off that they paid £72 million pounds for him. It kind of passed me by because we weren't in the Premier League when they did that, which was that stupid thing. He cost basically the same as our entire team and bench, I think, even including our some of our relatively big new signings. And I'd rather have all of our players. I don't know about you. No, I agree. It's a, it's a mad thing that a player can cost that much and be that terrible and for the the fans to just want rid of him. I mean, we'll, we've got the the social media abuse to talk about, but it's weird to have paid that much money for a player and absolutely hate him. He's a Bielsa player, isn't he, as Pepe as well, historically? Briefly. It was at mm. Lille, wasn't it? And he wasn't there very long and got chased out out of Twin Town. Mm. As well as Dortmund. Forget. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, the players you've listed, 72 mil for Pepe, 56 for Aubameyang, 23 for Gabriel, uh, 25 for Kieran Turner, uh, Tierney, 23 for Leno. And that's a lot of money, not to mention Party, who was out. It was, what was he, 45? That's ridiculous. I mean, it'd be wrong to include him because he didn't play. That'd be harsh. Nah. Poor value for money. Didn't do anything, did he, in the <laughs> game? I mean, Gabriel did, he is an innovative defender. We saw him trying to, he wasn't even blocking the ball with his knob, was he? It was a, it was a thrust. He looked like a pelvic thrust towards the ball at one was point. He doing, doing the time warp? <laughs> Which I've not, you don't see often, do you? Normally you see people trying to avoid it, the ball hitting them in the genitals. But nope, he was all for it. Maybe, that's, them forward. maybe that's his kink. You don't know. Some people do like that sort of thing. He needs to go and uh, hang out with that Preston defender. He? He'll get plenty of that, that treatment. He's been cited by the FA for grabbing uh, the Derby cart horse's penis, essentially. I did see the, that, yeah. The match. He has a good old tug on him. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things that it's a bit of a Gaza Vinnie Jones situation. It's one, it's, I mean, when you say tug, is it a single motion or is it repeated? Because that, you know, that's bordering on criminal. It's less of a, I mean, yeah, it, it, there is a, a strong argument for watching this and saying he is sexually assaulting him because he kind of, um, the first incident, he looks over his shoulder to see where the referee is. It's at a corner and he grabs him. And who is the player? I'm really distracted because he's, he's grown a moustache for November. So is he I, trying to hide? I can't. Um, well, he he turns around to the referee and he's like, "Look!" And then he does it again, and it's kind of like a like a tapping. He taps from the bottom upwards as if he's cupping him. Yeah, right. But they're not his. Yeah, no, so they're not. It's not really the thing. For Generally, what, to be what doing. You, when you fight with body parts, if they're not attached to you, they're not leave yours. Them, yeah, leave them be unless you've got permission. There's a weird like ultra macho thing in football, though, isn't there? Where it's kind of like, oh. You can't switch each other's cocks these days. What's wrong? Game's gone. <laughs> no, we're not playing rugby, lads. <laughs> mind anyway, you, mind you, anyway, it's a strange diversion. I was going to say, mind you, rugby's strange for, for digits and, you know, well, anyway. It, it always on. used to be one of the ways where you could differentiate the uh, the fine sport of soccer from the rough shit that is rugby union, in particular the league, is a, is a noble pastime. Is that the players don't go in for all that rubbish. They don't drink in pint glasses full of shit after games and stuff. <laughs> So we don't want to go down the down the rugby union route. That's I mean, wow! What I don't want to what I don't want to see from from the modern game. What I want to see from the modern game is 
death threats and racist abuse on social media. That's the game I love. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's that's what we got into this for. I mean, fucking hell. It's just, I mean, it's just another example of how polarised and mental the world's gone, isn't it? I feel like Leeds fans have been a bit unfairly pulled into this because I think it was it was more or less all Arsenal fans from what I saw. I yeah, think- for, for the benefit of anybody who hasn't seen it, there, there were Arsenal fans using the N-word against Pepe, weren't they? Yeah, I didn't see any Leeds. I'm not saying there weren't any, but certainly the vast weight of it seemed to come from come from Arsenal fans. And I, I mean, in fairness, why Leeds, would Leeds fans be abusing him? Because he did a good thing as far as we're concerned. But it seems like we there was almost a joint statement saying we can't be having this and it felt like it dragged us into it, whereas actually we were just... It should have just been saying, don't say mean things about Alioski, don't threaten to kill him or call him. What was that one? I will not repeat it, but there was one Arsenal fan who, whose tweet got kind of spread far and wide. Who I think he also, as one of the less hateful things he said, he said he was a little lanky something as well, which didn't make sense because that isn't possible, told is him, it? Told him to go and play in Argentina as well. But the whole thing's just very confusing. I think there is that weird random element about it. It's, and I, I, it seems to be a Premier League thing that hopefully Leeds fans won't take on as a trend but yeah just as soon as something happens in a match go on Twitter and just t- type random insults and at the player yeah it's strange isn't it I think this is this is the um, the eye opener with the Premier League because there are sort of much bigger teams and you have to class Arsenal as one of the absolute world monster teams so therefore they're going to attract a lot of fans is the, the only, only way to put it and some of those fans are going to be a bit mental and never go to the games and not understand what football is really like and just tweet shit in response to anything There's, it's almost become like this whole subset of, of Twitter fan hasn't it like the Premier League Twitter fan who doesn't really go to the games just has, has an, an opinion you'll get it about any subject as well knitting I was reading the other day that the knitting community can be particularly toxic people putting up videos of themselves demonstrating knitting techniques and mm. being slagged off the state of the fingernails and, yeah. but in real like vile your fingernails are terrible therefore you should go and harm yourself significantly yeah. um, in the following ways pick a subject look on twitter and find opinions all, all the abuse well not the opinion it's not even opinions it's just people wanting to say the worst possible thing um they can think of because they can and the the box that's there asking them with a, a little cursor and it encourages them to. We're going to dive into propaganda, as promised, which is where we have a look at what the opposition fans have been saying about uh, about Leeds and the match and all the rest of it. Before we do get to it, have we settled upon the idea that Arsenal's fans are almost a special breed in terms of their madness? I think so. Yeah, and for a long time as well. I don't think this is a recent development. They've been, they've been like this for... 20 years, probably. It's, is it sort of post-Invincibles, that sort of long, slow? Not decline, because they've not declined to a point where they're rubbish. They've just declined to a point where they're a bit more ordinary. I made this point repeatedly in my match report. They are the FA Cup holders. If you're the FA Cup holders, you know, that is a big deal. You swan around the next season. We've got the FA Cup. It's in your cupboard, at the ground. You won it. That's great. They added the charity shield. Fantastic. Can, I, can I just say, just to interrupt you there, if we had the FA Cup in our cupboard, I'd be pleased. And they've won it four times in the last seven seasons. Yeah. Again, I'd be pleased with that also. If, that, the, if, if our next seven seasons involve us being a Premier League team and winning four FA Cups, I don't about you, I'm fine with that. And their worst player costs £72 million. So the, the whole situation, it's not, it's never that bad. And I think, obviously, all the, the selections that we're about to listen to are from Arsenal Fans TV, which I think inadvertently... And part of my feeling from watching this is I, I do look at um, Robbie, who is the, the main guy behind it, and wonder if he if he regrets 
at times creating this monster because I think it it led the way in a lot of the kind of the modern YouTube fan channels. Everybody wants to do what Arsenal fans uh, TV does because it it kind of amplified the real weirdness because that's what people wanted to to get out of it. So we're going to amplify it some more, but we'll say it's it's bad. Well, not all of it, but, but we'll uh, do it in a slightly snarky way, which makes it fine. <laughs> Because that's what we do. There is actually some good point. I mean, we can go uh, straight to White Yardy, who absolutely 100% agrees with your view of the Pepe incident. And the worst thing about it is, if you have a head butter man, head butter man properly. <laughs> yeah, like, like you're kind of half-hearted. Tap the head, boom, knock him out of the game, so he has to come out as well. You head butt him, but he's still in the game. And you half now. And he come and do this now. You, you, we pay 72 million if you come headbutt somebody. I like this guy. It's pretty much exactly what you were saying. It was him, actually, but... It was me, actually, yeah. But he's right, though, yeah. Get the um, get your money's worth is what the point I was making. And, and the point he's making, 72 million pounds, he should be better at headbutting somebody than that. <laughs> it should be a very a very pristine Premier League headbutt, shouldn't it, for 72 million quid? Yeah, fair point. To 72 me. million, you should be able to kill someone with a headbutt, <laughs> I would suggest. Like a Mortal Kombat finishing move. <laughs> Well, let's get their take from the live watch-along that they were doing during the game, the reaction to the red card. Good fun, this. Oh, no, Nick! Oh. Is he head back? No. No way. No, I hope not. No I hope way. Not. I no way. Not. No, he hasn't touched him. He hasn't touched him. No way. If he's gone down, if he, he should get sent off. He's been yeah. sent off? He's been sent off. He's going to be sent off. He's no. been sent off. No, he will be. Nick Nurse, why? What an idiot, man. Why has he done what that? What an idiot, Pepe, man. Oh, Nicholas, what? Has he been sent off? Wait, hold on. He's yeah, going to yeah. get sent off. They're, they're, both both they're both gone into it. It's, 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 it's no, nothing. but it's two of them then. It's two of them. It's two. Oh, he's yeah. going to check. He's oh, going right. to check. It's he's two of them. Yeah, he's going to send him off because his head's motioned it. He has motioned it. Why did he do Nicholas? Why did you do that? Why or why, why, why have you done that? Pepe. Oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, Nicholas. But what about him then? So he's not going to get a card as well then? Is he not going to get a card? So stupid. Nicholas, it was unnecessary. But is he not going to get a card then? Is he not going to get a card? Don't, I don't want to ever see him play for Arsenal again, because that's just letting the club is he not going to get a card? totally down. So you get he, your chance and he goes and does that. Is he not going to get a card though? That's brilliant. Is, he not going to, is Alioski not going to get a card though? There's nothing wrong with it, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a sending off, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but stupid. What He's out now for three games. Don't deserve it. You, don't, you, you do things like that. So you let your team down like that, man. Why Alioski has not got a card? Have yeah, you've done nothing. What's he got a card for? Because he put his head into Nicholas as well. No, oh, shut up, Tony. It wouldn't be shut up. No, 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 no. Seriously. He should get yellow. He should get yellow. Fuck. He should oh, get yellow. Don't be stupid, man. Who's not be stupid? He should get yellow as well. The yeah, man's put his head into... You know what I mean? There we go. Listen, he's made a meal of it, but you don't put he's yourself made a in meal of it, but you know you, you can't can do that. You don't do that. Into him, he's motioned Come on, his even, head. I don't just know what he said to him. Is that, he yeah, what happened? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If he doesn't go down, nothing's done about it. But I'm not being honest. He's rolling around there like he's been like pole and he wasn't. But at the end of the day, you don't do that. What he's just done there, Pepe, he's just let the whole football club down, running off his mouth about playing and he goes and does that. I don't ever want to see him play again. Get rid of him in January. Get rid of him. Do you know what? Considering we were saying they were a bunch of crackpots, there's actually some sense in there. They're saying he was daft, but most of them. Most of them. I mean, the the guy who you can hear who thinks Alioski should have been sent off or given a card, He's called. I think he's called Ty, and he is rightly just told to shut up by everyone else. Is he their sort of jester? 
I don't really know. I like that my favourite is the one who doesn't really sound like an Arsenal fan. He sounds more like an old Millwall fan. They get the old boy who comes and goes, oh, shut up, shut up. Yeah, I don't ever see him play for the club again. <laughs> Things uh, mentioning Ty and from what I said earlier about how Robbie, the main guy who presents and interviews all these people afterwards, sounding very tired with his, his life. He takes on him and Ty, just discuss various points of the match, starting with whether Alioski, well, starting with whether the referee should have intervened um, to stop the, the sending off happening, then whether Alioski should have been booked. And as I said before, the the Arsenal fans TV thing does seem to have, like it's a, you know, it's become a monster. And it's not often you can hear somebody actually really just tired of life. But I think that's <laughs> that's what I, the vibe I pick up from Robbie in this. No, no, no. It's got nothing to do with the referee. No, Pepe's no. a, he's a big growing ass man. He is. But, the, but I think the referee could have possibly done more. I don't know what his position is, but that's just my opinion. No, but what, no. What, no. What, what's, no. what's the referee? <laughs> no, what's it got to do with the referee? He could have, listen, he can see, so, so, so isn't the referee supposed to say, you two break it up or just leave them then? So they start, oh. punch, so they start punching each other. He what for? Got, he should have got yellow because. Why? He was rolling around the gr- he was rolling around the ground like he's injured, and when he got running, he showed he wasn't. So he, he's play acting. Yeah, and but players do no, that all the no, time. He shouldn't have got a yellow because that's that's that that I've got to be, choose my words carefully. That's that that's not in the the um, the good. Um, I, I can't even choose my words because it's foolish as you're chatting. That's why you can't <laughs> you can't find <laughs> no words for it because you're chatting rubbish. That's not, that's not, I, I'm sorry. sorry, sorry what I'm sorry. I respect no, your no, opinion, no, no, Ty, no, no, but I'm no, no, sorry. No, no. I'm not chatting for you. He headbutted the guy. The guy's I'm, gone down. It got nothing to do with the ref. Why did the question not be asked by VAR? So they asked him. Well, VAR would have looked at it. So yeah, VAR would have looked at it and said no penalty. But no, but no. Why did they not tell the referee? to have a look at Because they already said no penalty. Yeah, they but, don't think it's a penalty. Yeah, but, so they don't think there's nothing for him to look at. Yeah, but I can't understand. So, 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 so then, so, 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 what, I, I don't understand, Robbie, then you lost me then. Because why would they say, why wouldn't they say? I don't know. They've just looked on it and they thought that it's accidental. Or have they not looked at it? No, they've looked at it and they think it's accidental. Or have they not looked at and it? And there's nothing to look at. Or have they not looked at it? Or have they I'm missed? sure they looked at it. No, no, no. I'm, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Glad for the point then, in the end? Uh, the, the point will do, man. It's, it's scant, to me, it's scant consolation. When you, you look at it... Scant consolation? Scant they consolation. They absolutely peppered the goal, they hit the post, they hit the bar. Yes, they did. And it's scant consolation. We were lucky. Well, listen. Making reference to the Cooper handball potential there, right? That's, that's the decision they're talking that about. That was the third, yeah, the third section in that. I feel... It sounds like he'd have more sense interviewing a blue bottle. <laughs> I was going to say, as a father to seven-year-old twins... I have far more sensible, reasoned conversations with them than was going on there. Just his unwill. It's quite a hill to die on, isn't it? That the ref has cheated them in a game where the ref has actually done nothing wrong. Like he made one correct decision, then he made another correct decision, and I feel cheated somehow because of those decisions. The Liam Cooper handball is actually became quite a big theme of all this, and also apparently Bamford put his hands in Gabriel's face, which is better than the alternative that we were talking about before. But I don't even remember that. But stricto. Probably he, lost one eye. Don't want to lose the other. <laughs> Stricto has got a he's got a catchphrase. He struggles to get the joke in here, but um, we've not reached the point yet. Even after the Bamford stuff, where VAR is this much of a problem to us, I don't think. But this may be the Premier League hell that we're lurching towards. But then on the second mm. replay, we're going to show that again. And I heard a commentator go, "Whoa!" Yeah, it looked yeah. like he put his hand in the way. It looked like mm. he put his hand in the way. 
Like these refs, bro, these refs are killing us out here. Trust but me. I keep, I keep, I keep hearing, I keep hearing people say Liverpool. Um, what's, what's, what's the United? What's um, uh, Martin oh, United, bro. When is it gonna be Arsenal? We need VAR yeah. on our on our side for once, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, when is it gonna be Arsenal, bro? I'm tired of seeing all these other teams profiting from it. We're not profit profiting from it. Look at um Bamford when he threw his hand at um at Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel, Gabriel. I can't believe that even go to VAR. Bro, I, I was I was shocked as well, my guy. Honestly, I right in it. front of the ref, right in front of the ref. It always happens to us, bro. Literally, every time it's Arsenal, they're like, I forget it, man. Yeah, because that's how it works. You know that incomprehensible nonsense that we've just heard there at the start of that clip? People always say to us, why don't you do like live match balls? Why don't you do streaming? This is the reason why. Everything is better for an edit. Trust me. Always. Varsenal is a good gag. That is a good gag, yeah, yeah. But getting there, he could have done that again. Give him him the grace. Make him sound better. Just say, do you want to Try that again. We don't have to do this live. What was the one he was searching for about Man United as well? I mean, Did he ever no get to idea. that? I have no idea. I mean, it, it's all buried beneath, you know, VAR is just a... Ole Gunnar Solskvar. <laughs> That's no. good. Is it? And you didn't even need to fuck around for ages <laughs> trying to think about it. Yeah, it's all just, it's that every single club. I mean, it's, it's a little bit unfair maybe to, to pick on Stricto from Arsenal, but these are good examples of what um, the Premier League seems to be like. It's like, yeah. Any club, any weekend, VAR is just out to get us. In Which, their defence, we have seen some ridiculous penalty calls for it, but that doesn't mean that was a penalty. It just means there have been some other bad decisions. Yeah. And um, this next one is another one that I've kind of picked up on from a lot of people. This is from the Pippa and Charlene show on AFTV, where they're reading out viewer comments. And um, Pippa actually makes some good points, but it's, um, it's Andrew C. who writes into them, has got a theme that I keep hearing a lot of from teams that we've played this season. Um, One Denver says Leeds were the better team by far. Do you know what, One Denver's? I agree with you, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, Only positive, Stuart Dallas got me five points in my fantasy team. You're probably the only player with him in your team, maybe. Um, (laughs) Andrew C says, honest, both. I would take Bielsa or Arsenal at a heartbeat. If results don't improve, Arteta to leave at the end of the season and get Bielsa wow. if Leeds go down. Leeds ain't going down, wow. honey. They're doing well. No, Leeds are not going down. Father Thad TV is saying Pippa doesn't even believe in Arsenal again. I mean, where did that come from? What do you from? mean? I, Why did you say I, that? I say that. What, what, because I, what, because I assumed that Leeds would win? I wasn't far off, was I? There's so much of that. Every time we play a team and we beat them, their fans are just going, we should probably get Bielsa in. Whoever they're managed by, if it was, you know, we'll rewind 2002, probably get rid of Alex Ferguson. We'll have Bielsa instead. Just doesn't have, I mean, I understand it when it's Solskjaer, Arteta, maybe, but as Pippa says, you're not going to get him. And in fairness, we only beat them nil-nil. <laughs> you said beat them. Well, It felt like a victory, didn't it? Like well, Liverpool. it did. And from the, the reaction on Arsenal fans TV as well, it, it felt like um, we battered them, as Robbie pointed out, to tie and Pippa's saying there she's not far off. It was a nice change of pace, that clip, though, wasn't it? I feel like Arsenal TV is like, it's like when the noise stops, it's like when there's someone drilling outside your house and you get and it, and it, you just get a little pause and you think, oh, that's nice, isn't it? Now that's over. And then it starts up again. But then it does start up again. <laughs> the final clip, actually, just I wanted to include this one because it's them waiting for the full-time whistle. If you remember in injury time, I think it was, it might have been Gabriel 
controlling it with his knackers actually mm. was which led to about the first two minutes of injury time being taken up by a player laying on the pitch getting treatment so it went over the allocated four minutes but they are not happy with it whatsoever Ref, that's a push in the back. He's pushing the back here. Yeah. He hasn't seen it. Oh, look, we're a minute over the fucking five. Come on, Baldrick. Of course. Blow your fucking whistle now. Of course. Or have you fucking forgot it? He's going to play another... T- he wants oh. Leeds to win. He might as well just blow for a penalty from here. He's going to play another... Like, just give him a penalty if that's what you really he's want. He's going to play another 55. Why not? No, he will let them take a chance. And if it goes in, then... Because I don't know why. Game I'm done, isn't it? Why, why? Oh, why, why? Lord. How is he this far over? He's not even looking at his watch. Look, now you're giving a corner. Go on. Look, look, look. Time. Look, he's saying, what's the day? It's fucking 96 and a half. What are you doing? You fucking bald-headed prat. There you go, blow your whistle. Yeah, good boy. He's a pussy That's what he is. Big pussy referee. Nil, referee, nil. enough a ref, no more game again. Neil, Neil, you've got to say, right? Send you got some Sunday league teams. You've got, you got to say, right, that, you know what? <laughs> you know, talking about we rode our luck, we were very lucky in that game to get a point out of it. But I'll take a point after going down to going down to ten men with Pepe. Um, yeah, I think we had more than enough to win it off. if he'd have stayed on the pitch. But yeah. it was yeah. um, a clue what the fuck's going on there. Ty's clapping for some reason in the background, not appreciating the fact that it's as well as a visual medium, it's audio, and having someone clap. <laughs> Throughout is not a, a nice bed of sound for people to try and speak over. <laughs> I did, congratulations to uh, like, that's that's nice box watch. They keep that keep do do it for the full thing. Um, so this is the only time he's ever heard this in his life. <laughs> the top comment on the the YouTube watch along of this was was Lewis, who is obviously a Leeds fan, who put the collective IQ in that room, excluding Robbie, would double if a dog walked in. <laughs> We've got a partnership with The Athletic and we bring you the Phil Hayes show later on in the week where we'll catch up on Phil's reaction to Arsenal preview, Everton and all that jazz. Uh, catch up on the wonder that is Gianni Alioski. Phil's done an article on Gianni and his reaction to Arsenal is on The Athletic at the moment. And to celebrate Black Friday, they are giving you the chance to subscribe to The Athletic for the best ever price, just a pound a month for 12 months. And you can cancel at any time and um, get all the podcasts ad-free. Read everything Phil has been writing and the Black Friday offer is just one week up until the 4th of December so don't miss out on that head to theathletic.com forward slash the square ball will we be getting back into the stadium anytime soon I'm confused by because we're coming to the end of the COVID lockdown in the UK for the benefit of anybody who's outside the UK which means we'll be going back into a tiered system and we've heard news that fans will be allowed back in from the first week of December capped is it 4,000 if you're in, we're probably going to go straight into tier three, I imagine, in Leeds. So, is that because the government hates the North? Uh, yes, right. It's a deliberate attempt to keep Leeds fans away from the ground. But yeah, we'll probably be in tier three, so we can have zero fans. Mm. But if we can escape tier three to get into tier two, we'd be allowed two thousand people. And if we can somehow win promotion to tier one, then we're allowed four thousand people. It'll take us sixteen years to get into tier one, won't it? Fucking hell. So yeah, four thousand people. I mean, it'd still be pretty dire, wouldn't it? Oh, I could just, oh, the squabbling as well. I'm already tired thinking about the online squabbling about who gets to go and who doesn't and how they draw the lottery out of the, the balls out of the bag or whatever. Oh, God. It does all seem quite weird. Like, there's nothing really to it. Is there, if 2,000 or 4,000 people can go, it's not as good. And I kind of, it's like that Christmas week debate. Is it easier to just keep everything locked down so we get out of the whole thing sooner or have these kind of little dribs and drabs that maybe will slow things down? Ultimately, because I'm kind of confused about how, you know, when we, a month ago, absolutely zero people could go into a, a football ground. 
safely. And now a month later, it's fine for 4,000 people to go into some football stadiums in some places, but not others. It feels a bit something and nothing. It feels a bit more like it's relevant the further down you go because 4,000 people at Halifax Town is quite a lot of people. It's more than they normally get in truth. And it means they can kind of operate at a normal level and the ground won't feel horribly empty. Whereas 4,000 people in Ellen Road will just feel terrible. I've been in there when there were seven and a half thousand in there. I think it was the lowest attended game I've ever been to, which was against Barnet in the Cup. And apart from me and Thomas Moore scoring twice, it was a pretty awful sort of atmosphere. And anyone who remembers the JPT games, they were dreadful. And that's when you could still, even though there were not many people in, you could still group together and stand with your mates and have a bit of a laugh. Whereas this time it's going to be three seats apart and rows apart, rows left empty and stuff. I just think it sounds terrible. As much as I would like to go back to Ellen Road, and it was nice, like when we went in to speak to Angus Kinnear, it was nice to just set foot in the place again. It's not really going to be feel like attending a Leeds game, is it? John Howe made a, a great point, TSB writer. He's, he's doing some stuff on the official website at the moment that when, we're not going to get that promotion moment back. That's gone now. It was how it was. But the game when you can have 35,000 people back in Elland Road and you don't have to not shout and not sing and it's the Premier League and all that happens will be an incredible moment and that will also it will signal that COVID is is off our backs and you know everything is fine it's all fine everything's sorted out and that's that fixed feels, it yeah and that feels like something really great to, to look forward to this kind of just sneaking a few, not sneaking a few people in, but just a few people being in there for kind of milling around. And it, it feels diluted is, is probably mm. the word. And I'm torn. like, I understand, I completely understand. It's the same with the, you know, the Christmas thing where people will be desperate to have a week off from all the, the stress and the strain and being able to go to Welland Road and will also be a, a similar relief. And there'll also be, you know, people who've not missed the game since 1967 who want to get back in there and just take it off. But it, it feels like the worst part of football being given to you because you can't go to the pub beforehand. You can't hang out with your, your mates beforehand. You can't spend the day out at the game. You can go in, be temperature tested, sit yards away from everybody, not be too loud, watch a game. Easy to it's park, fucking though. rubbish. Easy to park. Think about that. So there'll be that uh, every every well. cloud. I will. I hope they don't COVID test you. I don't. They, they find a way to do it because I've been COVID tested twice in the last week. Negative both times. I'm pleased to report due to my hospital visits and the old uh, throat tickler is not fun. Uh, let me tell you. And then once you're over that, they shove it up your nose and tickle it around it's, on the inside twice. It's a lot of effort just to watch a game that you can watch on the telly. Yeah. I don't know if I'm if I'm getting kind of lazy about that, but there is there's nothing under the, the the present circumstances dealing with what we are are currently dealing with it's fine really isn't it and i feel like for as long as it's fine i don't feel a pressing need to be one of the two thousand who could be in there it's fine if we can't get back in at the minute it's it's fine because we're going to be showbizzed up because we now have this rock nation partnership and we're going to be the most famous football club in new york city and uh we are going to have jay-z hanging around in the east stand Hopefully he'll bring Rihanna and some other artists such as Big Sean. I'm trying to remember who else is on their roster. DJ Khaled. Yep. Oh, so he can just stand there shouting his name over and over again because that's what he does, DJ Another Khaled. Another one. <laughs> uh, so that's good, I think. They did a nice mural, didn't they? I assume they kind of funded that. It feels a bit like this This whole thing has been a little microcosm of the Premier League as well because the mural started going up and everyone was like, oh, this is brilliant. 
look at this, fantastic. Then it became clear it had been paid for by some Americans, and we were like, oh, do we want this? But it's still a nice thing. Do we want, uh, well, exactly. That's the thing. You get a nice thing. It's just like the same way as allowing a load of oil money into your club allows you to have some really good footballers. We've got a mural instead. <laughs> but, you know, it, do you know what I mean? It feels like there's a bit of, you're almost losing a tiny bit of yourself in yeah. doing it. But at least it's tapping into something good. It's tapping into the soul of what we like. Because if the reaction to a mural is to go, great, then it doesn't feel like it's sports washing in the same way that the oil-rich states who have, shall we say, questionable human rights records are kind of pumping money in and going, look at our, look at your shiny mural, ignore the dead migrant workers, look at the mural. It's, it's different, isn't it? It is. It's more like a, a tractor partnership or something, I guess, in terms of it's something that's actually fairly... But fucking hell, it's showbiz, it's Jay-Z. It's, yes, you know. and it's the money from Jay-Z selling records. It's very different from migrant workers. <laughs> I don't know if anybody necessarily had to suffer. Maybe the people who listened to some of his records felt they were suffering, but not the people making them. And I, I think it is, I think the stuff about, you know, selling us into key markets in the USA and Asia, you know, whatever, I switch off when I, I hear that. But I am interested in the effect it could have in leads because it kind of we talk a lot about how we we lost a generation of fans in in league one and it, it uh, an underrated part of that is that that was the the second whammy for a lot of people in leads after the safraz najib trial and i'll preface it's not everybody who is black likes rock nation and not everybody who likes rock nation is black but there is a venn diagram there of people that leeds united since the end of the 90s hasn't really been able to communicate with in Leeds because the South and Jeep trial, although legally it was always maintained that there wasn't a racial motivation to any of Boyer or Woodgate in particular's involvement and Paul Clifford, who was convicted. But to a lot of people who, who felt more in common with the Jeep than, than Boyer, just thought, well, that's whatever, bullshit, and just walked away from the club, weren't interested. And Peter Ridsdale said, was quite open at the time, he said, yeah, this has really fucked up a lot of the good work that we were doing throughout the 90s when... We really did shake off the 1980s and we had Chris Verkluff, Jimmy Hasselbank, Rod Wallace, Brian Dean, Lucas Radaby, who is on the mural, Tony Yaboa. It really felt like um, the 80s were, were behind us and it, it set things back. And then the second part where Leeds just became absolute dog shit, so nobody wanted to watch them anyway. You know, I think there was a, a generation of, of young people of, of any background grew up in Leeds not caring about the club. And within a radius of Elland Road, I would estimate and guess that there's a lot of people who pay more attention to what comes out of Rock Nation in New York than what comes out of Elland Road half a mile away. And suddenly you've got this kind of short circuit of there's a, a mural with in town with Calvin Phillips, centre stage, a Premier League footballer, an England international from Leeds who is celebrated as very much like the heart of the, the football club now. But you don't see a right lot of people at Elland Road when it is fully open who look necessarily like Calvin Phillips because of, that was part of the generation that was lost in the, uh, the 20 years of the century so far. He's front and centre. We don't have a Macron kit anymore. We've got an Adidas kit. We've got Jay-Z putting a stamp of approval on the club and be a rock nation and just giving it that little turn of attention where people who didn't really want to look at Leeds United and didn't think it was anything to do with them. Might like football, enjoy watching Champions League, might have a Barcelona shirt in the cupboard and wear that as they're walking around. Suddenly, Calvin Phillips added that kit that, you know, the the burgundy maroon kit, it's not traditional Leeds, but it's got some drip. Is that good? It is good. 
and now Rock Nation. <laughs> and if you look at the, the Rock Nation... Need to, get, <laughs> to a certain generation of people, that would mean a prostate check, surely. If you look at the Rock Nation <laughs> Instagram page, the feed, the, the order of the feed, it's a, it's a post about Jay-Z, then there's the LUFC launch film, there's the Calvin Phillips mural before that, and then it's Rihanna. And it's a completely different. So if you like Jay Z and you like Rihanna and you're following that, and, and I, Leeds is your hometown, yeah. it's not. It's not for us, is it? It's it's for all the other that's outside of us because we're we're kind of the embedded hardcore close to it, and it's about just pulling in and creating this this bigger orbit. It is, and everybody now we're back in the Premier League. Long time Leeds fans are immediately right. We want the West Stand bigger. We want a thirty thousand capacity cup. We're going to fill those things and build those things. They're going to have to be filled with people who don't support Leeds United now. And a lot of those people are in the city, ready and waiting. And, you know, people support football clubs for absolutely mad reasons. We've got thousands of fans in Sweden and Norway who, why do they support Leeds? Well, we were on telly in the 70s and they like the kit. And now, they, they, you know, they, they spend their whole lives following the club. If 20 years from now, there's people saying, oh, how did you get into Leeds? I saw a post on Jay-Z's Instagram and I went to a game and it was cool and I got a mm. season ticket. It's the, a perfectly valid uh, way to go. And, it, and so I'm... I'm I'm interested to see whether that has any impact. It might have no impact. It might mean absolutely nothing, but it is significant that, you know, the mural is Calvin Phillips, Lucas Radaby, Albert Johansson for a reason. And there hasn't been anything like that in Leeds for ever. Have mm. we ever had a, a, a mural? I mean, Albert Johansson's grave was in a rightal state before Leslie Silver paid to have it sorted out in the, the middle of the 1990s. So there's, there's never been an appreciation of that part of the, the history of the club. And yeah, it's, like a tr- it's a rich part of the club as well, and we celebrate it, and, it, and it's just another celebration of that. You've talked I- me into it, Moscow. <laughs> I mean, and we learned from Ty on Arsenal Fan TV, and if someone makes a good argument, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to say, <laughs> no, you're right. There'll be that, and then when we have the, the Fenty Alioski collection, that's going to be good. I was wondering... <laughs> Alioski in makeup, far. It could work the other way as well. If, if we can get some concealer for Pablo, just to sort those eye bags out, it could be a whole new look for him. <laughs> But what you're saying, I get it, and I agree. It's not necessarily for us because we're embedded, we're close to it. It's about you know broadening it all out. It's about it's about appealing to the, that thing that that showbiz unquantifiable thing. Yeah, and if you've got kids who were watching Champions League football and watching Premier League football, and they might buy a Barcelona kit, the choice is there now where they might not have thought about buying a Macron kit ten years ago. Yeah, it all just you know you look at them both in in JD, which is on the fucking sleeve which one are you going to get the cool well, kids will be going on Depop for the Macron though because that'll be <laughs> to, to show to show the, their true creds as somebody with a, a Depop shop selling old football shirts Michael is this a plug not Macron I tell you what actually we um, we did an interview last night at the time that we are recording this. so we are recording on Tuesday morning Monday night we <laughs> and you'll find this out later this week and I laugh and I chuckle because we had a little flirtation with Hollywood didn't we and, and it taps into this and the people that we spoke to were Max Winkler, who is a director and co-writer of the film Jungle Land, and one of the stars of it, who's Jessica Barden. And you go, why on earth are you, what, how, why? And we'll explain when that gets released later this week. But in short, they're both Leeds fans. Jess is from around here. She was from sort of North Allerton, Weatherby area, but big family of Leeds fans, still a big Leeds fan. And Max Winkler, son of Henry Winkler, who is... The Fonz. The Fonz. So we're talking the son of the Fonz, here, who is a, you know, an accomplished director and writer in his own right, they reached out to us and it turns out they like this podcast, which, because we thought it was a piss take at first, didn't we? When they, they go and touch like Paramount Pictures, it's like, are they going to be asking for mother's maiden name and bank details and all sorts of stuff? But no, it was genuine and it's one of the ways they keep in touch with Leeds, which was lovely. And they reached out to us, said, can we speak to you on the podcast about the film? 
so yeah, we're going to release that later on this week. And it was good fun. But one of the things that Max touched on was the power of the documentary and how it's it has genuinely taken leads to the world. And they were saying like, there was a brilliant image and you'll hear the full clip when, when we do it on that podcast, but he made his mum and dad sit down and, and watch, the, watch the documentary and they've all become incredibly invested in Victor Orta uh, as an individual. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this man? And then I just said, I said, hang on a second. So the Fonz is now a Leeds fan. And I, I think he might be leaning towards Leeds. And he's done some filming around Dewsbury as well. If you've got kids who watch kids TV, he's done some stuff around Dewsbury and he's done Panto as well. So it's just weird how the, these worlds have kind of collided and, and you pull on these threads and see the power of Leeds around the world. And maybe actually, you know, the, the documentary to us might not have been much more than, let's say, a, a sort of a glorified end of season video. But actually, when you tap into all that emotional side of it that we all lived through, it has an incredible pull on people from around the world. Amazon need to snap up the rights for eleven card trick if they want if they want some real glamour. <laughs> Which was a brilliant a VHS from when was it? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. It's where uh, Howard Wilkinson calling Mike Whitlow a, a racing car going into turbo. That's where he said that, and that's uh, a phrase that deserves to be graffitied on walls across the states. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everton coming up at the weekend. Don't know if you've heard, we're on the telly because we are box office, which taps into all the stuff that we've been saying. Showbiz Leeds United on the telly again against Everton. Um, Although I think all games are on telly now, aren't they? Now yeah. Now the cancel people. Find me a game that's not on television, Dan. But that's one of the official broadcast slots, not one of these lazy tagged on a Sunday night, not supposed to be shown, but we're showing it anyway because everyone's at home slots. This is one of the premium ones that you get paid money for. What time's kick off? Five and a half o'clock. Oh, fuck's sake. Why can't it be three o'clock? It's rubbish being popular. It does mean we'll be sat in here doing this again late into Saturday evening, but there you go. Everton against Leeds is a, is a proper Premier League fixture, though. It's a solid Premier League fixture. It really it? is. Yeah. Toffees against the Peacocks. And if you've ever seen a Peacock with a toffee in its mouth, <laughs> I hope you called the RSPB. <laughs> It'd be worse than its plume, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm sure it'd cope with one in its mouth. It's anyway. a joke. It's a long way down. It is. I've never examined the, the neck of a, of a peacock, but I'll be sure yeah, to do They've so. got long necks. That's right. all you need to know. It's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, Everton 
are they good now? They, what, I don't think they are good anymore. They, they, were, they were good, weren't they? Then they lost a few games and then they beat Fulham, which doesn't even count. So. The problem is Carlo Ancelotti could make them good, but he can't be bothered. Too much like hard work. You do get that vibe from him, don't you? That he, <laughs> he turns up and does his, he does whatever he does, his thing, and then it stops working eventually and he just goes, ah. He's moved do. to some really nice part of um, Merseyside, Wales, I think. Um <laughs> I can't remember exactly where it was, but I remember reading an article. You're such a special city. You're such a special city region. He's, he's found some like nice unspoilt part of the Wirral and he can just like, walk up and down the beach and have a nice time and then occasionally drive into Everton, see if, uh, if Duncan Ferguson is still terrifying everybody as he's on the backroom staff there and yeah, and then go home again. And so, you know, they signed Hammers and he's been really good and that's great. But then if he has a few off games, don't really matter. It's only Everton. They're strange, aren't they? Because they started really, really well and then lost three on the bounce, but then beat Fulham, but then everyone beats Fulham. I mean, they're not even playing Fabian Delph. How can they expect to, to do anything if he's not the team isn't built around him? I mean, this this James fella have what's he done? What's he ever done? And it's it's not like um they lost the teams. It wasn't like a reset where they kind of had a an easy run and then they came up against some tough pictures tough pictures. Um some really difficult modern art <laughs> abstract, some tough fixtures. They lost to Southampton, Everton, and Scum. So three just absolute bullshit teams to lose to, and then beat Fulham, which you would expect. But even then, three-two against Fulham, they're letting in a lot of goals, which is promising. Hopefully, um, Matches Click will have his left foot online, as he puts it. I mean, Pickford's a good keeper, but you do know that he's always liable to do something completely insane, don't you? Whether that is to maim. Virgil van Dijk or to punch one in his own net he's, he's capable of anything in that 18 yard box and sometimes outside of it get Alioski right in his head that's yep. what we need to do from the from the first minute I don't care if he's offside he's just put him on him <laughs> just chirping in his ear just talking to him there's nothing wrong with that is there you're, if you're not interfering with play you can be no I'm just, just chatting ref nothing wrong nothing going on here if the ball comes I'll move out of the way <laughs> their, uh, their main threats at the other end so Melier will be keeping out Dominic Calvert-Lewin who is the uh He's probably got the edge on Bamford for England because he's got 10 goals and a double-barreled surname. So it's everything Bamford aspires to be, really. Mm. But he's, yeah, 10 goals is quite a lot at this stage of the season. So we'll have to stop him scoring, I think, if we're going to win this game. Well observed. I mean, that generally is kind of the plan, isn't it? If you if you stop the opposition supplying him, maybe we could try that. Rather than just stopping him scoring, if we cut off the supply to him, then we might sort of, I don't know, you know, it's like, what, head it off at the pass, if you like. Is that the phrase I'm looking for? Well, there's no real mention of that on whoscored.com. Uh, their strength... Are you suggesting that nobody passes to Dominic Calvert-Lewin and he spontaneously scores goals? Is yes. That, right. Their, um, their strengths are finishing scoring chances, attacking set pieces, aerial duels, and stealing the ball from the opposition. No mention of creating chances. And their style of play is attacking through the middle and rotating their first 11. I don't know if they do that during the game. If Pickford goes up front for 20 minutes and then plays left half or something, they're aggressive. They play in their own half as well. And they've also got the uh, the old favourite that opponents play aggressively against them. So maybe we can, uh, Alioski can provoke somebody else. Is Ian Pervader going to be fanboying over Rodriguez actually in this? Because he's Colombian, isn't he? And Rodriguez has obviously been the best Colombia player for of his generation and it's the generation mm. that he's that maybe he's grown up in well you know that um, Bielsa likes to go man for man all over the park maybe this is where Perveda gets his start and he puts Perveda on Hammers and just gets him to fangirl over him throughout the entire game like say like, oh Hammers I really yeah, in Ham- Spanish or whatever but I really I really like what you do you're my biggest you're my hero Hammers gets sent off for refusing to sign an autograph yeah 
There's an Ian, there's James and Ian who are Colombian, and then Alan who's Brazilian. <laughs> I'm Confusing. Just, you know, we've got XG and XGA goals for and goals against. I'm I'm proposing that we invent a new one now, which is XP, like Windows, like really hot rocking Windows edition. Expected pestering. That's what Alioski's XP can be. I don't think you need the stat for it, do you? It's ten. It's it's <laughs> it's, up to, it's turned up to eleven, <laughs> non-stop, isn't it? Are we going to beat them? It'll be interesting to see who who plays because Perveda was good when he came on, and Bielsa sounded a little bit doubtful about what he got from Rafinha against Arsenal. Everyone was like, everyone seemed to think he was great, but then but Bielsa was like, well, yeah, he was fine. <laughs> and um, Rodrigo, we saw as well who. When he came on against Arsenal, I thought he just—he looked seventy million pounds, not Pepe. He—he's brilliant in a really sort of understated way, isn't he, Rodrigo? I really, really like him as a footballer. He's just got that—that that touch of quality, that nice touch of class. And I'm hoping it's going to become an overstated way when he actually gets a run in the team, where he's—he's he's up to fitness, and then he's not got a COVID setback and all this stuff. Mm. He's, we've not really had a a chance yet where we've had five games. Rodrigo starts every one, and I'd—I'd mm. I'd like to see that. When I, was, happening. when I was saying understated, I sort of meant in just what he does, like the actions that he does. It's the it's the ordinary stuff, but he does it really, really well. To make a strange comparison, given I mentioned him earlier, Ian Moore, like when Ian Moore used to play for Leeds, you yes. couldn't, overall, he was terrible, but it was very hard to say in what way he was bad because like he was fairly efficient at most things. Like He looked like he could control a ball and pass it and he, he ran with it sometimes and he was all right. He's saying, but, Rodrigo. But the, overall, it was but, no, but in the same undefinable way as he was rubbish. Rodrigo is good. Like everything he does, Ian Thomas Moore, Ian Moore, whatever you want to, whichever name we're going by, was about Ronnie's lad. He was about four out of ten for everything. Rodrigo's about eight out of ten for everything, mm. and that's better. That means he can do some twice. useful stuff. It's twice as good, and that's a lot. That's high praise to be twice as good as Ian Moore. Excellent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damned by faint praise again. Uh, we, we, I mean, his confidence will be sky high if he hears, if he hears this. <laughs> Play this in the dressing room. Come on, lads. Um, will we beat them? I think we're going to beat them. Yeah. Jordan Pickford can't stop Bamford. It it's the Battle be. of the Fords. Who will cross that river first? <laughs> it could be very high scoring, this one. I don't get the feeling. 5 um, 0 leads then? Yeah. Although Calvert Lewin, as we've discussed, is like the new Dixie Dean, isn't he, at the moment? He's just scoring ridiculous amounts. So he might, we might let him have one. What's wrong with the Premier League? Well, we are back in the Premier League to fix it. And whilst we have improved it so far, clearly, because they put us on telly all the time, every week these days, which is absolutely insane, we're going to fix it once and for all in our feature. What's wrong with the Premier League? It's Arsenal fans. They're what's wrong with the Premier League, aren't they? We discussed it at length earlier on. They're, they're wild. <laughs> it's hard to define exactly what's wrong with them because there's so many things. There's, diff- there's the Arsenal fan TV people at one end. And then at the other end, I feel like you've got Piers Morgan, who's kind of the opposite insofar as he's got... Well, he's, he's, maybe he's not the opposite, actually. He just maybe has a bigger platform to shout his nonsense about them. And then somewhere in the middle, you've got the Queen and Osama Bin Laden, who are Arsenal fans as well. I didn't know the Queen was, but that was that was what it, my research turned up. I don't see it at games very much, do you? The whole lot of them just... I'm sure there probably are some normal ones. Amy Lawrence was on the, uh, the Phil Hay show with us the other week. She seemed fairly normal, but... <laughs> Maybe it's just the ones you hear that are insane. If you're an Arsenal fan and you want to make any noise, uh, don't. Does it all go back to Nick Hornby and Fever Pitch? Is that where th- this all began? It is. It is a collective psychosis. So Fever Pitch is kind of it's it's the right word for it. Were they like this before that though? I mean, I was a youngster when Fever Pitch came out, and that it's about that season, 1989. 
when John Lukic won the league for Arsenal. I think mm. Mickey Thomas helped. But um, I don't remember Arsenal fans being particularly offensive before that. There was the song about Charlie George wearing a bra. Did they sing that or was that other fans? I can't remember. Probably other fans. Mm. I feel like it started when they moved to the Emirates is when this this really kicked in. It's when they stopped being good and when they had to play in a, a modern bowl. They should just go back to the old ground. Yeah, there's sort of there's a kind of it's underpinned by an entitlement. I mean, people call Leeds fans entitled, but we can, we've what other fans don't realise in this mad Premier League Twitter world is that we kind of laugh at ourselves quite a lot as well. And whilst we are a little bit arrogant and a little bit entitled, it's underpinned by self awareness. I think a lot of the time. And also, as you said, they've won the FA Cup four times in the last seven years. Did you say? Yeah. How many times? Have, how many times have we won it in the past hundred years? Of course, they've been. They've been They've been in Europe every year. They're always at the top of the Premier League. As I wrote in the match report, they start every season with a, a team that with a reasonable expectation of winning trophies. When did we last do that? Never. Promotion was, was the best we could hope for, and even that only twice in 16 years. They should worry. I don't know. Maybe they all need to sleep in a bin for a week and just get used to like how good they have it. The question here in this feature is, what's wrong with the Premier League? We need to fix it. So what's the proposal that we're putting forward here? How do we deal with Arsenal fans? I know it may be drastic. Relegate them. They need to get a taste of what it's actually like because they've never been... But that would heighten it, Moscow. That would heighten the psychosis. I think they'd leave. I think a lot of the people would just Good. decide... So, so. I think a lot of the people would decide to not bother. Fine, they can go and watch Harlequins, Harlequins or something like that. But they, they've been in the top division since 1919, since Leeds United were, were formed, and they got in there by cheating... They finished fifth behind Tottenham in Division 2 and got elected by the back door because they were like, eh, but we want to be in it. So they shouldn't even be in it. So they need that taste of what it's like at the the rough end. Imagine Emirates in the National League <laughs> and they're playing Wrexham again, but on a on a level footing. And then Mickey Thomas can come back and score a free well, kick Wrexham, they're, they're showbiz now. They've they've gone full Rock Nation, haven't they? Because so they what's, what's his name? Deadpool. Yeah, and uh, it's always Van Wilder, Philadelphia. So the um, the pair of them, Ryan Reynolds, that's the bloke, isn't it? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Rob McKellen, never sure how to say his surname. Um, and Brynlaw, of course, the most showbiz of all of them, yeah. arguably, of course, highest profile. So maybe that's the solution. Maybe relegating them is is too much, but maybe it has to be some kind of winner takes all playoff restage Arsenal versus Wrexham at the racecourse ground, and it's a playoff for who gets to be in the Premier League. And if Wrexham win, all the Arsenal fans have to support them. I mean, there are a more sensible alternative. And learn Welsh. Levi Solicitors support us on the podcast and you can support us as well by giving them a little tinkle if you need some legal services. 85 years of legal excellence under the belts so you can trust them. They're a Leeds company, transparent with their fees so you know what you're paying. And they do all sorts for you for business and personal Get yourself a will. That's a really, really important thing. I mean, Oddie's been on at us, hasn't he? And he's fixed it up with us via Levi's solicitors because we all need wills. Because apparently I've got to tell people who I want to leave my stuff to if the worst should happen. It's obviously more pressing for Oddie, him being in his his 90s now. But um, yeah, we've all, we've all got sorted out. 10% discount then for you as a square baller. Get in touch at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Heroes and villains, then, the last part of the podcast. Who's made a smile? Who has let us down across the last seven days? Uh, let's pick one from each. Ken Bates Villainy Award. We retain the name, but we can't be asked nominating Ken Bates anymore because we've run out of ideas. But um, it just means we can skip straight into the other nominations. So who are we having in for this one this week? If we're going after another um, fat old idiot with a beard, Mike Parry, just moaning about Bielsa not talking English. Formerly of Talk Sport, wasn't he, Mike Parry? One of those edgelords who's got an opinion with a capital O. 
Yeah, just don't. And and every time he sees a Bielsa interview, he he tweets the same thing. Yeah. Why can't he talk English? He said, (laughs) fucking idiot. Uh, Who else? Kieran Tierney for Arsenal. He was trying to get Alioski at the end and just looked like the shittest hard man in the world. I remember Arsenal having some some genuinely scary characters around. Like if if Tony Adams or Patrick Vieira came to even Petit with his nice long hair, still looked like he could do some damage. Petit always he, he always kind of had that um, villain's sidekick, like a henchman vibe about him, didn't he? Like the cold threatening one who had a gun. He'd know some karate as well. Yeah. He'd be able to just roundhouse kick you to the face without you even seeing it coming. If Kieran Tierney is the best Arsenal can do for a hard man, it's no wonder they're shit. Who else? Bailey Peacock Farrell. Mm-hmm. Very briefly. Could you support this nomination with any perhaps video evidence? Yes. Go on YouTube and watch the goal. Who scored it against them? What was the team? I can't remember. They drew that game, Slovenia. didn't they? Slovenia. Whatever, whoever they were playing. It was the game after they'd lost the playoff. Yeah. Due to Bailey Peacock Farrell. We talked about that and then they, they put the other keeper in and then they put him Bailey back in. And my God. I mean... <laughs> It's not even villainous. I actually enjoy him doing this now. What was it you you described it perfectly, Michael? It's just a great example of could not give a fuck goalkeeping. (laughs) It's a header at his near post. And about 10 minutes after it hits the back of his net, Peacock just kind of falls over in the direction where the ball had been a while ago. You know, when you've got like. Sorry, lads, I was close. When you've got a friendly game of five aside and you're just rotating keepers on every goal. You don't want to hurt your hands. And no one's really trying to stop the ball going in, particularly. I won't bother putting the gloves on. I'm just going to go with my feet. (laughs) Yeah, you might dangle a leg at it if it comes, but actually, you just want to get out a goal. Oh, that's really hard. I'm not. I'm not getting in the way of that one. It's that, but from a professional goalkeeper. He's just like, <laughs> An ah. international goalkeeper. At the, the highest level of elite sport. <laughs> ah, someone else can go in now. <laughs> not for me, this. Completely unflappable Bailey. Oh, bless him. Uh, right, we've got Danny Murphy here. What's he been saying? Oh, just on match of the day, he was basically saying that Alioski shouldn't have gone down, but then within about 30 seconds had admitted that Pepe should have been sent off and that he wouldn't have been sent off if Alioski hadn't gone down. So actually... Should he have gone down or shouldn't he have gone down? It wasn't entirely clear. It's almost like the offence itself is immaterial to Alioski falling over. Because he did make a meal of it, but we have said before on the podcast, maybe with some of these things in the Premier League, you've kind of got to exaggerate your response to it in order to get the decision. And I'm sure in the past as well, Danny Murphy has defended strikers for going down when they feel contact. Because if he's going on that same thing that it needs to be an actual force to knock you down. Let's assume he has. Yeah, I mean, he's a Liverpool fan, isn't he? So he's bound to have at some point defended Mo Salah for doing it because he does it most weeks. Yeah, fine. We'll, we'll make that assumption and, and not even try and back it up with any evidence. Someone else find it. It'll be there. ITV, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here is on telly at the minute. But we could be facing in future years quite an interesting candidate for being on that show. And let's not forget, we've already seen Harry Redknapp on there. Can you remember what Harry said when he when he was on I'm a Celebrity? Chandra, terrific. Um, how much money am I getting for this? What did he say? Eating some bags or something, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway... Um, Snakes, we've got, jungle. We've got great... We can't fault with terrific, terrific jungle. We've got Neil Warnock coming up in a future year, though, probably, anyway. I won't ask you whether or not you've been watching it. Um, I'm sure you're far too busy to watch that sort of stuff. Um, hey, just hey, hey. Gibson, Neil. I was nearly in it. Were you? Never you mind, so carry on. Don't put Neil Warnock on telly. I, I don't want him because people Mind think you, he was. He'd, a, he'd fill this podcast. Oh, that's true. People would think he was a treasure, though, if he was on there. We could do what they do those um, podcasts sometimes, where it's just like uh, reviews of TV shows, don't they? We could we could start a whole sub- strand of just watching. Could do our, it'd become our own goggle box, to all intents and purposes, wouldn't it? Goggle box with Neil Warnock. Can we like do it about like interesting documentaries? 
<laughs> Instead of fucking Neil Warnock. <laughs> That's what we do, you idiot. I noticed um, <laughs> the next nominee, the next villain, Alex Bruce, the headline was uh, for his retirement was... Oh, I thought he'd retired. I already thought he'd retired. I well, did as well, to be honest. Uh, it was um, Defender, once released by Neil Warnock at Leeds, retires, which is bizarre. Doesn't even mention us, the scum bastard, unfortunately, he said this week on Twitter. The day that every football dreads has come. He meant footballer. He fucked up his own uh, his own retirement speech. The boots are being hung up, and I'm retiring from playing as of today. And I love that the reaction from everybody is, I thought he retired years ago. Where he's was on. he? Where has he been? He's only 36. Presumably, um, that's, well, he's been in Newcastle. You're 36, aren't you, Michael? You've effectively retired. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, I retired from football 15 years ago, so... I think he's way, and as should Alex Bruce, to be perfectly honest, given what we saw from him at Leeds. <laughs> he was at um, Kilmarnock. He says... Um, oh, so he had retired. He doesn't mention us, though. He says, my time at Ipswich and Hull in particular hold very fond memories for me. I'd like to thank my family, teammates, coaches, and my dad who kept giving me a job. All the four I actually looked at his career. What a dog shit career Alex <laughs> Bruce had. What a dog shit player as well. Nobody needs a five foot eleven centre back. He was never tall enough, never good enough. He, also, two Republic of Ireland caps, two, two Northern, Northern Ireland caps. caps. It's a disgrace. And sorry, what? Can you do that? Yeah, uh, you can if you've played. You can if your dad's Steve Bruce and do yeah. what you want. And he didn't do it for. It was a thing that was offered to people for political reasons, essentially. Uh, but Steve Bruce did it. It's not Steve Bruce. The other one, all the same. The miniature one. Son he off. did it because he was too shit to play for the Republic anymore, and they went come play for you guys instead. They went ah, yeah, yeah go on then. He mentions uh, particularly his time at Ipswich and Hull. It's which he played 115 games, Hull City 85 games. The rest of his career is an absolute mess. Youth career, obviously his dad's Manchester United, then Blackburn because he was too shit for them. <laughs> Blackburn, he didn't actually play a senior game for them then, right. Oldham on loan, six games. Birmingham, six games. Was Oldham, that his dad? Oldham on loan again, yeah, uh, six games. Sheffield Wednesday on loan, six games. Tramier Rovers, 11 games. Then... Four years at Ipswich, 115. I bet if you went to the Wikipedia page for his dad, the list of clubs and numbers would be almost identical. <laughs> Leicester on loan, three matches, then 29 for us, and even we loaned him to Huddersfield Town for three matches. Did we? We did, apparently. I'd forgotten all about this. Then five years at Hull, where he managed a mighty 85 games, two at Wigan on loan, two for Berry, six for Wigan, and then 20 for Kilmarnock last season, which actually makes them... His one, two, three, fourth most represented club. Like his, I've stopped listening. Moscow significant. I mean, <laughs> Moscow. He's stopped, just stopped. a mess. Let's move on. That cap for Republic of Ireland. <laughs> B. <laughs> I mean, he's English anyway. Tell that to Hull's Liam Cooper. Anyway, pick yourself a villain. And he used to be sick on the pitch. It's disgusting. <laughs> Children were watching that. <laughs> No wonder we lost all the time. Going to go, dead confident for today. Oh yeah, get into him, lads, straight from the kickoff. <laughs> Shall we give it Alex to Bruce? Alex Bruce, yeah. yeah, bastard for not being respectful enough for us. Right, the Andy Hughes Hero Award is up for you next. Gianni Alioski, he's had a good week. He's a national hero. He's a Leeds hero. He's an Arsenal anti-hero villain, whatever he is. I mean, they want him dead, don't they? Yes. To read Twitter, and he's the the lanky, small man um he's all things to all people it makes no sense they want pepe dead for being sent off and they want alioski dead for getting him sent off why doesn't everybody just carry on living happily together we could maybe like kiss and make up and all be enjoy the football enjoy the game it's fun 
sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Watching a good football match. You're, you're, you're this close to doing jumpers for goalposts here. Well, it's, I kind of felt that about all this social media abuse that we talked about before. But it was a good game. It oh, was exciting. Yeah. A red card adds mm-hmm. something to it. I don't know, maybe it, it, Arsenal still, they got away with a, a point. They should have been proud of their performance in the second half or with, withstanding this lead to tack and goal where they said, whoa, well, that was a bit close. Pepe let us down, but all fine. Instead, no, everybody must die. As you can imagine, I've had, I've had quite a, a week of perspective has been landed upon me. So it all seems absolutely mental that people get so upset over football. But, you know, keeps us distracted, doesn't it? Keeps us busy. Uh, I would like to nominate Leeds United for sending my son a get well soon card, which was very nice. So thank you very much, Leeds United. They've been nice this week as well. The Liam Cooper mascot thing was good as well. Yeah, that was really iPad. nice. Yeah. Oh, they did pose the question. Everyone was asking him how has he managed to get a signal in Ellen Road because no one can. But it was a nice thing to do. And in, in difficult times, it's a... Uh, it's a good thing that we can we can do stuff like that. They might have Wi-Fi in Ellen Road these days, I don't know. All in the, in the middle of the pitch. Trailing an Ethernet cable out <laughs> onto, the, onto the pitch. It was, um, Tri- just making over, sure it works. Tripping over it. It was uh, <laughs> Elliot. Elliot Metcalf yeah. was the kid's name. And one of the things I loved about um, what his mum said about it was that one of his main worries was, because uh, he had his sister with him, was that she might ruin it. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> As a brother to a sister, I know exactly how that feels, but I think she uh, she managed not to spoil everything for him. <laughs> In that game as well, uh, Stuart Dallas, 200th appearance for Leeds United, which is good. We've also had some new contracts, haven't we, as well? So who has signed this week? We have uh, Strike. Is he getting a new one or has he got a new one? He's got a new one and so has Charlie Cresswell. So good that's stuff. our centre-back pairing for the next decade sorted. Cresswell played in England under 18s beat Derby under 23s 8 or 9 nil. England versus Derby yes I still don't understand exactly um, I know what's happened there it's because of where St George's Park is isn't yeah. it in the Midlands sort of um, I don't know if Wayne Rooney was playing for Derby's under 23s or, <laughs> or managing them but um, I think um, our Sam Greenwood scored I'm sure and I think Joffrey came off the bench but yeah that was interesting it kind of gets trotted out you know one of those quiz question games won't it and um, I don't know if it's heroism but while we're on that Helder Costa's goal for the under 23s that was good he just dribbled around everybody and scored it's almost like he's a level above that let's it's, let's see it more please well exactly yeah he's had the uh, he's swapped positions with uh, Rafinha hasn't he so now the pressure's on so who can be the most uh, dribble-tastic out of those two right let's get into cool territory now then with these the final couple of nom- uh, nominations for, for heroes the Rock Nation all the lads there, Jay-Z, yeah. Big Sean, Gashi. Benny, it, the, it feels like Benny Jay- the Butcher, Benny. <laughs> it does feel like Jay-Z has probably solved one of his problems now. There's Big, just 98 left. I like the fact Big Sean and Gashi sound like Neil Warnock players as well. Mm. So, great bunch of lads. You can't fault their effort, can you? The lads at Rock Nation. <laughs> they give me everything. And uh, how do you pronounce that one? I can't. I was going to let someone else do that. The Graffiti Man. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Axe? A mural man. Yeah, A-K-S-E. Sorry, I, d- I don't want to mispronounce I'm it. I'm not seeing a uh, an accent on the E, so it could just be Axe. Okay. In fact, it probably is, isn't it? It'll be Axe, because that sounds cool. Axe is a good... I think yeah. he's got a number in there as well, which is uh, which is confusing. Well, it's a good mural anyway, isn't it? It is he's, very good. He's done a good job painting that. You can't fault his effort, can you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great bunch of spray paint. <laughs> oh, dear me. Right, are those all our candidates for this week, then? What are we going for? Give it to Janny. Yeah, it feels like he's he's, he's been optimum Janny this week, hasn't he? Kind of, he's, he's been uh, he's been getting the reactions that he needs to get, that he likes to get. He's been probably squealing on the pitch. We can assume he has, like a stuck pig. 
Yeah, he's done everything you, you expect from Janny. Janny Alioski? Yes. Nice one. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do it all again next week. Then he's our hero of the week. Have a look for our uh, charity calendar, by the way. All the profits are going to the Leeds Cancer Centre for that. If you go to the squareball.net forward slash calendar, you'll find it and have a poke around on our website for all the other stuff that we do. We will speak to you next week. Oh, and do keep an eye out for our Showbiz Hollywood interview. That's on the way in a couple of days. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.